Now, making his way to the podcast studio all the way from Sacramento, California, he eats, sleeps, and breathes pro wrestling. He is the best self-proclaimed pro wrestling analyst in the world. Wrestling is still real to him, and he is here to keep good wrestling alive. He is the host of Snug Wrestling Podcast, the one, the only, Edgar Avila. What is up, everyone? What is going on? My name is Edgar Avila, and welcome back again to another episode of Snug Wrestling Podcast. And by now, you should already know where you can find me on all of my social medias. And if you don't, please hit me up at Snug Wrestling. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. Comment, like, share, subscribe, or just say hello. Today, we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw, a historic Monday Night Raw. History has been made on this episode of WWE, and we will be going over that. But for now, let's get into some news. Even though we're going to be talking about WWE today, the news that we're going to be going over today has to do with AEW. Now, usually, depending on the show that we are covering, the news usually has to do with that show, but not today. There has been a lot of AEW pay-per-views, a lot of AEW programming, so we have a lot of AEW news. This has to do with the AEW all-out press conference that took place after all-out, and there was some interesting information on on this press conference there were some business notes that were addressed here about some of the numbers that AEW has been doing in the past week or so since their all-in event now they did all out in the matter of a week there was a total of 100,000 pay-per-view buys for all out now that wasn't an exact number but this was numbers that was given by Tony Khan kind of like a general number 200,000 pay-per-view buys for all-in 100,000 ticket sales overall between All In and All Out. 10,000 tickets were sold for the All Out events, giving it a $800,000 gate for All Out. Overall, there was a $11 million number that was given by Tony Khan in ticket sales. Now, this is overall between All In and All Out as well. Tony Khan also stated that this is the most successful weekend anyone has ever had in professional wrestling so we are talking about 300,000 pay-per-view buys overall between all in and all out some pretty interesting numbers that were given here during this press conference by Tony Khan as well as some other interesting information that had to do with Sunny Kiss Sunny Kiss contract was not renewed by AEW but Tony Khan is not opposed to bringing Sunny Kiss back later on in the future Tony Khan stated that with the limited amount of TV time 
time and the large AEW roster, it's hard for Tony Khan to renew everyone's contract. That seems pretty reasonable. You can't argue with that. But still, over a hundred wrestlers in your roster, that seems like a lot. And you're not really using all of these wrestlers. I don't think AEW needs to have this many wrestlers on their roster. And I think Tony Khan is starting to realize that. I mean, there's a lot of people in this roster that aren't really being used. People like Wardlow, people like Keith Lee, and also with Revolution and Dark not being a thing in AEW, that means less wrestling time for these people in AEW. Tony Khan was also asked about Miro's wife, CJ Perry, aka Lana, and how her appearance in AEW is not a long-term guarantee. CJ Perry was brought to AEW just for the night at All Out because Tony thought it would be a good idea. But the way that this played out was kind of weird to me because CJ Perry showed up to help her husband Miro and attacked Willie Hobbs with the steel chair, but Miro did not seem very happy of seeing his wife show up at All Out. Now, I'm not sure what angle they're trying to go for here, but Miro in his recent promos talks a lot about his wife, but doesn't really say anything negative about her to the point where he would be upset that his wife showed up to help him at AEW. But we'll see what happens there. Throughout this press conference, it seemed like the people in attendance were trying to ignore the elephant in the room. And not a whole lot of questions were asked about CM Punk during this press conference. Except towards the end, there was one person in particular, one of the reporters that was there in attendance that asked about CM Punk's non-compete terms. And of course, like we all expected, Tony Khan dodged the question and said he did not want to discuss the details of the terms of the separation with CM Punk and AEW. There was another reporter that asked about Jack Perry's suspension, hoping to get some more information on this, but with no luck, Tony Khan pretty much answered the question with information that we already knew, which was Jungle Boy was suspended, and he pretty much left it at that. So, that was a AEW all-out press conference. If you guys haven't heard it yet, then I suggest you do. There was some interesting stuff that was said on there that was pretty much the gist of it let me know what you guys think at snug wrestling that was it for the news so now let's get into monday night raw monday september 4th Main event, Jay Uso, the newest member of Monday Night Raw, opens up the show and the whole entire arena is going crazy for Jay Uso. They love this freaking guy. Jay Uso cuts a promo about how he ended up joining Monday Night Raw and it was because of the nightmare Cody Rhodes gave Jay Uso a call after being gone for two or three weeks. Not long after Jay Uso started his promo, a very, very familiar face comes out and welcomes Jay Uso to the Monday night raw roster and that person is Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn in a very nice and polite way pretty much told Jay Uso I told you so. Sami Zayn if you guys remember was trying to get Jay Uso to separate himself from the bloodline and to do things on his own and to stop depending on his family and his bloodline members and everything that Sami Zayn was pretty much telling Jay Uso to do in the past few months it looks like Jay Uso is finally doing 
doing it now. He left SmackDown. He left the Bloodline. And now Jay Uso is a singles competitor. At least that's what it seems like. So with Jay Uso now being part of Monday Night Raw, you have Sami Zayn on Monday Night Raw. What can this roster switch that was done by Jay Uso? What can this lead to? I think it can be a lot of things that can come out of this. I don't see Jay Uso forming another tag team with Sami Zayn. Jay Uso just got out of a tag team with his twin brother Jimmy. Sami and Kevin Owens are no longer champions. This alliance with Jay Uso and Sami Zayn can continue. Maybe it'll spark some disagreements and some issues between Sami and Kevin Owens, potentially leading to a feud between Jay Uso and Kevin Owens. We also have Cody Rhodes that's part of Monday Night Raw. And of course, the history that Cody Rhodes has with Roman Reigns. Somehow that can play into all of this as well. It was also mentioned that not a lot of people backstage from the Monday Night Raw roster is happy that Jay Uso is on Monday Night Raw. So the sky's the limit here for Jay Uso. Anything can happen now that Jay Uso is on Monday Night Raw. The possibilities are literally endless when it comes to this. I can't really put my finger on just one specific thing. But for now, I'm going to predict that the only thing that I can really think of is a Kevin Owens and Jay Uso having a feud. Now, I hope I'm wrong about this because it feels like we've already seen that. It feels like we've already seen Kevin Owens go at it versus the Bloodline, including Jay Uso. There was also some tease by Rhea Ripley how Rhea Ripley was not too happy that the Bloodline is still getting all the attention when the Judgment Day, they have all the gold and they're running things now. That could be another possibility for Jay Uso. Everyone is feuding with the Judgment Day on Monday Night Raw. Judgment Day is a top faction. Maybe Jay Uso is going to be another one of those talents that are feuding with the Judgment Day. I don't know. This is an interesting topic. What do you guys think? If you guys have any ideas, I would love to hear them. Your predictions, hit me up at Snug Wrestling. Anything can happen with Jay Uso now that he's on Raw. You know who else was on Raw was Seth Rollins. And against Medical's recommendations, Seth Rollins insists that he's fine, especially after having that match versus Shinsuke Nakamura. The sneak attack by Shinsuke Nakamura after payback. Seth Rollins is still on Monday Night Raw and he's looking for a fight. Seth Rollins comes out and he's dressed to compete. He cuts a promo on Shinsuke Nakamura, calls Shinsuke out and invites Shinsuke Nakamura into the ring. Seth Rollins even offers Shinsuke Nakamura a rematch for his World Heavyweight Championship, but Shinsuke Nakamura said no. He didn't want anything to do with Seth Rollins. I like this version of Seth Rollins. I'm very, very critical of Seth Rollins' character, his outfits, the fact that the fans have oversang that song over and over again, and I'm just completely over all of those things, but when it comes to Seth Rollins' in-ring work, you can't tell that man nothing about his in-ring skills. And today, he got a little bit more over with me because Seth Rollins was not messing around today. Seth Rollins wanted Shinsuke Nakamura and he wanted to fight. Seth even tried to give Shinsuke a rematch to get him to step in the ring with Seth Rollins. Shinsuke didn't want it. So Seth Rollins said, fine, you don't want to have a match with me? Okay, no problem. Then I'll come down there and just whoop your ass real quick. And he did. So that was fun to see. But instead of getting Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura, we get Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Again, Ricochet, he's trying to redeem himself after his match at SummerSlam versus 
versus Logan Paul, but we've seen this match plenty of times with Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura. Going all the way back to before Money in the Bank, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ricochet, and Bronson Reed were involved in these rematches over and over and over again, and now we're seeing Shinsuke versus Ricochet again. Shinsuke Nakamura ended up DQing himself by using a chair on Ricochet. Seth Rollins comes out for the save, and Damian Priest, Mr. Money in the Bank, is watching on, keeping his eye on the champion Seth Rollins very, very closely. So hopefully we get to see a cash-in soon by Damian Priest, and hopefully Damian Priest does not pull a Baron Corbin here and flops his cash-in. Speaking of Damian Priest, the Judgment Day, they come out, and man, what a sight to see these four members carrying six belts in total, and the Money in the Bank briefcase. The Judgment Day are dripping in gold, and Edge must be very, very proud. And the Judgment Day, they have a lot to celebrate here. Things are really looking up for the Judgment Day. Dominic Mysterio is celebrating one year since he joined the Judgment Day. They're the new Undisputed Tag Team Champions. Finn Balor is celebrating his Grand Slam Championship. Rhea Ripley retained her Women's Championship. But even after all of this, like I mentioned before, Rhea Ripley is not very happy because the Bloodline is still getting the attention. How would you guys feel about a Bloodline versus Judgment Day feud? That will be really fucking cool. We're talking about the two biggest factions in WWE. This is modern day version, dare I say it, the NWO versus DX. I mean, we're these are two top teams in the company right now. And I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but the Judgment Day is going to be one of those factions that is going to be talked about for years and years, like the Shield, like the Wyatt family. And of course, the Bloodline right now is still the biggest storyline in wrestling. So a feud between these two factions would be really, really great to see. But that was a nice little tease by Rhea Ripley. JD Madonna comes out and gives Damian Priest a new briefcase. This is a Judgment Day edition briefcase because it is purple, the colors of the Judgment Day. And it says, Senor Money in the Bank. Very, very nice briefcase to go with all six of their championship belts that are now being carried by the Judgment Day. But then the party was ruined because here comes Sami Zayn again and he challenged Dominic Mysterio, the biggest turd of them all, according to Sami Zayn. But JD Madonna steps in instead and says, you know what? Dominic ain't fighting nobody. Why don't you fight me instead? So the match is set. Sami Zayn versus JD Madonna. JD Madonna stepping up again for the Judgment Day. And I think after giving Damian Priest a briefcase, after assisting the Judgment Day at Payback, I think little by little, they're going to have a new member added to the Judgment Day in JD Madonna. But we'll get into that a little bit more later on because we had The Miz in his talk show, The Miz TV. The Miz comes out and he's already spreading lies right off the bat, spreading fake news, saying that he did not lose to LA Knight. But we all saw it. LA Knight pinned The Miz one, two, three, clean very, very clearly. But The Miz is in denial. And The Miz calls out John Cena. The reason that he lost was because John Cena and LA Knight conspired against The Miz. So John Cena's music hits. And of course, the people in Charlotte in the arena, I believe they were in Charlotte. The place blows up because The Miz made everyone think that they were going to see their hero, John Cena. But this was just all a ruse. This was a prank by The Miz because it wasn't John Cena. It was The Invisible Man, the running joke of, haha, 
John Cena, you can't see me. And The Miz cut a promo on the invisible John Cena and even gave him his finisher, the school crushing finale, in a goofy joke segment. I get that this thing with John Cena and you can't see me, it's a meme, it's a running joke, it's funny, okay? Hilarious. But I thought this was absolutely ridiculous how The Miz turned that into a segment on national TV. So The Miz was basically pretending to attack John Cena, who wasn't even there. And by the reaction of the crowd, I don't think they really liked it either. I mean, I know they weren't supposed to like it. The Miz did this to get the booze, but I don't think the people cared too much about this. And to be honest, neither did I. But it's The Miz. I'm not surprised. This guy is a goof. And it looks like we're gonna get The Miz feuding with John Cena now. I don't know why that would even be a thing in 2023, but we'll see what happens there. JD versus Sami Zayn. JD actually ended up getting the win here over Sami Zayn. Very, very surprising, but it was with the help of Dominic Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio returned the favor to JD. JD, of course, as we all saw, came out to help the Judgment Day win the Tag Team Championships at Payback. Dominic Mysterio came out on Monday Night Raw to help JD. So now, JD Madonna and the Judgment Day are helping each other. These five people are all in cahoots, and I would not be surprised if we see JD Madonna join the Judgment Day sooner than we think. And the main event is Gunther versus Chad Gable, a match that made history. 451 days on Monday that Gunther has been champion, one day away from beating the 35-year-old record held by the Honky Tonk Man. And this was another great match by these two. This is a rematch, and every single time these two step in the ring, it's a match that always delivers. So I was really excited about seeing this, even though this was a rematch. And even though we do get a lot of rematches in WWE, this is a rematch that I'm sure a lot of people would love to see over and over again. Gunther had another dominant performance at the beginning of this match, but towards the end, Chad Gable started getting some offense and almost pinned the champion. There was a close call. There was a false finish where Gunther kicked out of the German suplex, and then Chad Gable immediately goes after the ankle lock and almost gets the champion to tap out. Unfortunately for Chad Gable's crying children that were at ringside, Gunther ended up retaining with his massive power bomb and a clothesline from hell, and Gunther makes history and beats Honky Tonk Man's record as the longest reigning intercontinental champion. Honky Tonk's name has been moved to second place after 35 years. Gunther is the first ever to break that record and now holds the record as longest reigning intercontinental champion. History was made here on Monday Night Raw. This Monday Night Raw is going to be remembered by wrestling fans for many, many years. Future wrestling fans are going to look back and re-watch this match. The kids, the young wrestling fans, the chitlins right now, they're going to remember Gunther for this for a long, long time. And it's kind of a trip if you think about it. It's kind of crazy. This particular Raw that for some is just a regular old every week Monday Night Raw. This is the one that people are going to go back to and watch and relive 
and Chad Gable and Gunther are going to be talked about for a very, very long time after this great, great match. Great main event. And that was Monday Night Raw. I pretty much did a uh, a shorter version of all of this. I didn't go over the entire three hours of the show because if we did that, then we'd be sitting here for hours probably going over this Monday Night Raw and talking about every little thing, every little detail. I know I have a very, very beautiful voice, but I don't want to do that to you guys and make you guys listen to me going over every single little thing. So I'm keeping it short and sweet here for for you and for myself too because man that monday night raw is a long three hour show but let me know what you guys think hit me up at snug wrestling and we will talk soon